all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me today, I have Dr. Fiona Lewis, uh, who is also with UMMC. She is a registered dietitian. Uh, She also has a doctorate in public health and is a trained chef. So she is just all around one of the neatest people um, that you'll get to to meet and talk with. And if you want to talk with either one of us today, you can give us a call. We are talking about the role of food and nutrition in cancer and really any stage of cancer. uh, We're going to spend some time talking about uh, cancer prevention and ways to eat foods um, that can decrease our risk of certain cancers. And then we'll spend some time um, talking about what if we have cancer, um, what's the best way to to nourish our body during that time, and then even post-cancer in trying to prevent um, reoccurrence. So our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. And my email is fit at mpbonline.org if you would rather get us that way. All right, uh, Fiona, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and so it's finally started to turn cool here in Mississippi, and I think everybody is happy about that but me. So and me. <laughs> you don't like it cold either? No, ma'am. See, I knew I loved you I'm for a reason. North. I'm here because it's Because it's supposed warm. to be warm, right? Right. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so I'm bundled up like a like a little polar bear in here trying to, to stay warm. So I will be uh, moderately grumpy for the next three to four months. Thank you for warning You're me. You're welcome. So I've increased my coffee content to counterbalance that. But we are here to talk about a very, very important topic. And what led me to this topic, of course, is, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Right. And uh, I see a lot of patients who um, either have a strong family history of breast cancer or they are kind of post-breast cancer uh, or breast cancer survivor. And one of the things they ask me about is, how do I eat? Right. You know, how do I eat to, to not have cancer again? And so um, we definitely want to cover that, but we don't want to focus just on breast cancer. Right. We're going to uh, cover s- several different types. Uh, colon cancer is another big one that has a lot of good evidence with food right. uh, linked to that, as well as uh, even prostate cancer. Right. Um, so let's kind of just get started on why there's any kind of role for food in cancer prevention. Absolutely. So um, on the positive side, well, let's start on the back side. Um, There's some foods that are what we consider carcinogenic, meaning cancer causing. So um, examples are the red meat, our high fat foods, high saturated fat I'm referring to, and uh, processed meats. Those are like the culprits. Mm -hmm. Um, They have chemicals that will go into our bodies and then they will start causing um, damage to our cells. Um, And that's the free radical damage, not to be a little 
get too technical. Too but, science-y, right. but yeah, most folks uh, have yeah. heard that word. Free radical damage, which will lead to inflammation. Everybody's heard of inflammation. And from there on, then we have the, the cancer cells developing and um, multiplying and um, tumor development and so on. So that's the, uh, the not-so-good side. But the positive side um, are the plant foods. So... We're always always talking about the plant foods, whether it's heart disease or some other illness prevention and cure. And in the case of cancer, it really is the same thing. So uh, we've harped on this before, but I'll say it again. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, whole grains, uh, legumes, which are beans, peas and lentils. These are the foods that have the antioxidants and the antioxidants will come into our bodies to undo what the uh, plant, the uh, animal foods and foods that are high in animal fats have done, which means they'll come in, they'll um, pretty much quench the free radicals, they'll help to reverse the inflammation, and then we are um, on a process of healing. Mm. So in a, in a general nutshell, uh, those are the, the ov- that's the overview of how food and, and nutrition is related to um, cancer in a broad sense. Right. And it really all links back to that inflammation that right. you mentioned. Right. And, you know, as we're learning more and more about um, the body and the way that diseases develop and, and worsen, that kind of chronic low-lying inflammation, inflammation. is really... Um, paramount in lots of different human disorders so not necessarily just cancer but in heart disease like you mentioned in diabetes in some of the autoimmune conditions that we have chronic pain syndromes all of those different types of things we can we can see that underlying inflammation and so you know that does not mean that we don't need medications absolutely (laughs) absolutely um you know i've i've um gotten emails and and questions from folks who are like, so I can just stop taking my medicines or stop the scariest one is stop taking my chemo and just eat these foods and I'll, I'll heal myself. Right. So no. So nutrition is supposed to be an adjunct. If you already have a diagnosis and your treatment, the nutrition helps to boost your immune system and repair those damaged cells. So please, Continue with whatever treatment you're on. Um, I hear that a lot, too, especially mm-hmm. in the world where uh, there's a lot of natural healing mm-hmm. herbs. And, and I respect everybody's approach to their own health care. Um, but I do want to say there is a, a point where you have to think about, um, yes, the medications are beneficial um, and that we need to also think about other lifestyle factors that we can combined with the medication and the treatments to help boost um, our body's immune system and our body's chance to keep fighting um, the cancer cells. Mm, yeah. And so you mentioned kind of those other lifestyle factors. And right. of course, you know, we've talked about those lots on this show, but, you know, exercise right. and physical activity is an additional adjunct to um, the medicines that you may need, the nutrition that we're really focusing in on today. But that exercise piece is, is really important. I just read an article actually this um, weekend that was looking at inflammation in the brain, mm-hmm. right, which we think is driving some of um, our cognitive right. decline, you know, our, our Alzheimer's right. dementia type situations. And you've got these um, little cells in the, the brain that a lot of folks will call them call them kind of the garbage disposal. It's they're like the cleanup cells. Mm-hmm. And if they're over, 
in an abundance, it means there's a lot of inflammation going right. on because they're having to clean that stuff up. And exercise was decreasing the amount of those cells that we needed right. to kind of police police right. the brain um, from an inflammation standpoint. So um, exercise is very, very powerful. And it, I think when we hear the word exercise, we tend to think about the gym and, you know, slinging weights around right, or the right. people who are like running like a gazelle down the, the, the I passed several today. I do not <laughs> run like a gazelle. I do not either. I run sort of like a, like a wounded llama. Um, but that's kind <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going, right? right you know, right. I'm moving. And so even if you can't run, if you can just walk, walk. even if you can't walk, if you can do some hand exercises right. and those different Chair types exercises. of things, absolutely. Being active is so very, very, very right. important for right. the overall um, health and not just for cancer, but for all of those right. things. That's what I think is so um, encouraging about the volume of research that is in lifestyle mm-hmm. now is there's no it's not just one disorder that Absolutely. we can treat with these things right Absolutely. and that makes it a little bit um too good to be true right. for some people right when we we're always talking about oh whole food plant-based eating or uh stress management and these four pillars of lifestyle <laughs> medicine and people are like they say that for everything right. but it it's true right it, and it it, just it's is. so amazing to think about if we're eating for our brain health we're also eating for our heart health and we're eating for our kidney health and you know to prevent cancer and all these different kinds of things so you know and and there's tons and tons and tons of evidence out there that's supporting this way of eating this way of exercising you mentioned stress management and then really the other kind of big piece to to lifestyle medicine is sleep health as well Um, and we talked about some of those a couple weeks back when we had um our folks on from uh, Alzheimer's Mississippi Mm -hmm. on and we talked about making sure that we sleep well and stress less and move more and all of those different kinds of things for overall health. Um, But we really want to focus in on nutrition today. Um, You know, you mentioned kind of red meat, processed meat, um, and then um, kind of plant foods and kind of being the two sides of a coin, right? Right. Yeah. The, the ones are more, pro-inflammatory right. I mean they're going to cause more of those things and then the other are more anti-inflammatory right. there right. and so those are some of the things that we're really going to kind of focus in on during the show um, in particular I'm going to talk about uh, this new article that uh, hit hit the news waves lap about a week and a half ago or so um, and of course whenever a nutrition article hits um, then everyone sends it to me and <laughs> says what what the heck does this right, mean, right? right? And so the the recent one uh, was in the Annals of Internal Medicine, mm-hmm. and it really basically said that we can keep doing what we're doing in terms of red, red meat, meat and eating that way. Right. And uh, we're going to dive down into it just a little bit when we come back from this first break. We're going to talk about um, why those headlines are a little bit misleading right. and what the data actually says. Right. If you have a question or a comment for us, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. We'll be back in just a few.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. Fiona Lewis. She's a registered dietitian also at UMMC. We're both in the Department of Preventive Medicine. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. And in the nutshell is prevention of a lot of chronic diseases, but in particular um, cancer and how lifestyle matters for that, uh, in particular nutrition. And so um, I would imagine, Fiona, that several people sent you copies of this article as well. Because anytime something nutrition comes out, uh, we tend to get it. And I'm glad that people send it to us and say what what the heck right. is this? I feel like a lot of times people send it to me like, gotcha. Right. Like, see, right. I told They're you this. To <laughs> told you this. Prove a point. Plants weren't good for you, right. you know? Right. And I'm like, no, friend, that's not what that says. <laughs> so um, this looked at um, red meat. And in essence, what uh, the, the headline or tagline was, is we can continue the status quo in terms of right. red meat um, consumption. Mm-hmm. And there's some... Some faults with with that, right? Right. I mean, what the studies actually look at when you look at um, is they found benefit to reducing red meat right. consumption, um, but they're saying that the effect size was not big enough to make a recommendation to change, right? Right. And that's just not not really great right. um, to say. Well. It looks like it helps to decrease, but it's not enough for me to to change my ways. But when you dig down into it even more, the amount of red meat was about three servings per week, Mm -hmm. which is way more red meat than we would recommend. Right. right? And so there was a reduction in mortality at three servings per week. So, you know, I personally recommend... um, one serving or less if, yes, per week, or less, or right? None at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I, of course, I would love to get folks to none at all, but I'm also living in the real world Absolutely. and uh, definitely believe in shades of of gray yeah, as we're moving steps. through uh, nutrition. Steps. And I'm not going to take somebody who eats red meat seven days a week and get them to, to know zero. right in um, seven days, right in seven days or overnight <laughs> exactly. or any of those kinds of things. They're going to fall off the wagon and land into a hamburger. Yes, you know, <laughs> so. Um, um, but I definitely recommend about one serving right. per week um, for that. So if we know that there's some reduction in mortality at three servings per week, gosh, down to one, there has to be some additional Absolutely. benefit there. Absolutely. So in a nutshell, more more studies need to be done yes. on the effect of, of diet. Um, but there's certainly not enough evidence to say that it's okay. To, it's okay to eat red meat. That's or, not, or an, an abundance of red right. meat. Right? That's not what the study um, that's not what we're saying. That's right. not what the existing evidence says. Right. Um, and as clinicians, we would never, um, we don't say, just stand, go nuts. No. Just whatever Absolutely you want. Absolutely right? not. Right. Not when there's such a long standing history of, um, evidence, um, that suggests otherwise. Right. 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 Yep. So that's that. All right. Let's go on over to, um, Fairhope, Alabama and talk with Rachel this morning. Hello, Rachel. Hi. How are you? Um, great, thank you. Good. What can we do for you today? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, several years back, my mom was um, diagnosed with a Hashimoto's thyroid disorder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that yeah. exactly right. In, okay. Well, um, so I've come across several articles that say that um, eating gluten-free can kind of help reduce 
the uh, kind of like inflammation having to do with that? Is this uh, true? All right. So there are people who are gluten sensitive or gluten intolerant. And for those folks, gluten absolutely does increase inflammation. For those who do not have true gluten sensitivity, it's probably not going to do a whole lot of anything there. Um, What some people who think they're gluten sensitive, it's not even actually the gluten. It's a different part of the wheat protein in general that they're allergic to. So people will find relief when they cut out gluten because they're cutting out wheat. And so without kind of food sensitivity testing to see what we've got an actual sensitivity to just pulling out that gluten is not necessarily going to fix the majority of folks. Um, okay. Things that we do know that increase inflammation, just like we, we talked about um, processed meats. Right. Yeah. And refined sugars. Right. Those are right. kind of the two big ones. So when I'm working with folks who have, um, uh, kind of autoimmune illnesses or anything that's got an underlying inflammation to it. Those are the two things that we work on first, yes. right? Is working oh, on, really? yeah, is working on pulling back on processed meats and then oh. also added refined sugars. Sure. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, All right. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for your call today. Bye. Bye. Guys, if you've got a question or a comment, we've got open lines. Now's a perfect time to give us a call. That number's one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. All right, that actually is a perfect segue into talking about processed meats right. because, um, just like we mentioned a minute ago, while I would prefer mm. folks not eat meat at all, um, there are definitely uh, shades that we can yes. pick, right? And so, at the the very end of the spectrum of any type of meat that I would recommend anyone eat is a processed meat, right? right? Tell me what a processed meat is. Yes, let's talk about it. So (laughs) we got our hot dogs or beef jerky or salami or canned meats or sausages. uh, And not to mention the uh, vegan vegetarian versions of processed meats, um, which are the frozen, the canned meats. Mm-hmm. So processed meats are not only just animal protein right. meats, they're also meat analogs. Right. And so I, I bring that up to say to uh, those who are either vegan or vegetarian or, or transferring over to being more plant-based and you're looking for protein sources, certainly I would recommend that you limit your intake of the um the um, processed vegan versions, the meat analogs, mm-hmm. and, and really stick with whole food plant proteins. Uh, a variety of uh, plant foods will get you whole grains, um, nuts, beans, legumes, lentils, seeds, will get you your protein. So you don't have to focus, or we don't have to focus so much on, um, if I'm going plant-based, where is my hunk of protein? Mm-hmm. I eat a variety of foods, so it's the protein is in in the mix. Yeah, right. And that you know, it's a, it's a great point to bring up because you know we're not just hating on meat. Right, we're hating on fake right. food. Right, right, things that are not. Um, not naturally occurring foods right. that have a lot of additives in right. them. So, you know, a processed um, fake meat right. is not really any healthier. 
than than a, than a processed meat meat right. because um, the chemicals that are added to it are not where we want to be. So, um, you know, if you're choosing one of those processed plant-based proteins, it would be the same recommendation that I give someone that's eating meat. That would right. be a, only very, very, very occasionally right. would I want you to have something like that. Um, and don't like think of it as a health food because right. it's it's, not. it's um, not when you look at uh, the fat distribution in those as well it's staggering the amount of fat right. that are in these um uh kind of manufactured meat patties Absolutely. uh it's more it's a lot sometimes it's more fat than what's in a regular, regular yes, the, yes. The, the only benefit is that there's no cholesterol in it right. and it's usually very low in saturated fat um, but it's still not a health food there so a non-meat is not a health Right, food. right, right. Just like you mentioned, those uh, you know, whole grains, nuts, seeds, right. beans, legumes, um, lentils, those kinds of things are where the majority of our protein right. sources And those can be combined. In. I mean, that that's part of the practical aspects of what we're talking about. Those foods that we just mentioned can be combined to make your own uh, veggie pat, uh, your patties and mm-hmm. your uh, meatloaves and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that you're going to be missing out, per se, on... Uh, the types of food you're used to eating. It's just that it's in a different form and you're using different ingredients. Yeah. And for me, it's been exciting. You know, right. actually this month, October, is my one year plantiversary. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. One year of eating just plants. Um, and, you know, I feel great from doing that. Uh, headaches have gotten much better and I just overall feel better. Um, and then, you know, my health has improved from that as right. well. Um, but, what's been exciting is kind of relearning how to fix things and how to cook things and how to build a meal that's not centered around a chunk of meat. Right. 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 So that's the fun part. All right. Let's go on over and talk with Judy. Good morning, Judy. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. What can we help you with? I just wanted to ask about foods that are sort of, lead to inflammation and ones that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about Alzheimer's and the connection with um, food, uh, you know, diet mm-hmm. and, and inflammation. And um, also, I'm interested in a lot of times we can't always afford, I'm, I'm sure you would recommend probably fresh food. We can't always afford right. fresh food. So where, where would canned food and, and dried beans fall in your answer. Fantastic. Those are great. I'm going to turn it over to uh, Fiona because she's got a smile on her face. I love that question. So um, I would say uh, on a grade, uh, very almost equal grade, fresh, frozen, and then canned. Um, certainly for the, the beans and the peas, uh, canned and dry uh, are convenient. If uh, you're pressed for time, um, the the cans are good, and then we're doing uh, no salt added, and or reduced sodium, or and we're just rinsing if we're not able to um, have access to reduced sodium or or no salt added. Um, but also frozen frozen fruits and vegetables are economically um, for anybody. They you know they're budget friendly. And um, we can fit them in in lots of foods, you know, our smoothies or casseroles, um, our, our soups. You know, it's fall and we do soups. So um, the dried, dried is, is good if you have the time to do the dried. And if you don't have time to do dried beans, 
then certainly the can will fit right in there. Yep. I agree fully. Um, I'm a big fan of frozen fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they actually have more nutrition right. in them than the fresh, right. especially if it's out of season. Right. You know? And so, um, you know, frozen is just fine. Um, dried beans as well as mm-hmm. dried um Grain, you know, having brown rice or quinoa or something like that in the pantry. Those actually are big meal savers uh, because you can whip up, you know, something with a can of black beans and some brown rice. You can make a pretty tasty little Mexican bowl there. Um, So back to the first part of the question, foods that kind of promote inflammation Inflammation. and foods that um, negate or uh, reduce inflammation. Um, Kind of just what we've been talking about, more whole foods that haven't been messed with as much um, that tend to lean toward the plant focus are the ones that are less inflammatory. And the ones that are more processed or refined are the ones that are um, uh, more likely to cause inflammation. So, you know, just like I mentioned on the last caller, processed meats and refined sugars are the two big ones um, that I usually recommend folks are pulling out, and that's usually in the forms of um, sandwich meat mm-hmm. and soda. Those right. are the, the two right. big ones that we wind up working with folks on the most um, there. All right, Judy, okay. that answer your question? Yes, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for giving us a call today. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and take our next break of the hour. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about eating for cancer prevention and using food to help prevent that different types of cancer. If you've got a question or a comment, our number is one mpb ring And my email is fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me in the studio is Dr. Fiona Lewis. We are both with the Department of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And we've been talking all about uh, nutrition and really inflammation today, but at the heart of it, how we can eat for cancer prevention, as well as make some other lifestyle changes that decrease our risk of cancer. If you've got a question or a comment, uh, we love those. We would love to hear from you. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Um, and actually, our uh, display that we did for the cafeteria this month at UMMC is related to reducing breast cancer right. risk through lifestyle changes. And the big four that when you look at, uh, even from major uh, health centers like American Cancer Society mm-hmm. and those kinds of things, the four things that they are recommending is moving more. So mm-hmm. making sure that you're physically active for 150 minutes. Per week, week. 
um, uh, stressing kind of less. So right. working on your stress management, maintaining a healthy weight, right. and then actually plant-based nutrition. So um, the headlines usually say healthy eating pattern. And right. then when you dig down into it, it says eat more plants right. is what Fruits, it says. vegetables, Fruits, vegetables okay. grains. Um, and so that's kind of the, the crux of it all is, and regardless of what eating pattern you're falling on, like if you're like, I will never give up meat. Right. You can still get benefit just right. by shifting your proportions. Right. right? Exactly. So foods that we eat more of, Foods that we eat less of. And regardless of um, medical conditions, we all need to eat more fruits, vegetables, grains, and less, especially processed Processed meats meats and foods. Um, Because that's just driving a whole lot of our our medical problems that we've got going on there. All right. We've got several callers on the line. So we're going to go ahead and go over to Alabama and talk with Alyssa this morning. Hello, Alyssa. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, my question really wasn't about cancer-related issues. That's but okay. I have psoriasis, and I don't know if I'm a little crazy or not, but oh. I've noticed that there seems to be a lot of gut issues along with that. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if there was more foods that I could eat that might help reduce the amount of the gut issues. Yeah, absolutely. So we know a lot more about the gut than we used to, right, Fiona? Right, we do. Um, and, and I guess I don't want to be too specific, but I would really right. want to know what the gut issues are. Um, and it sounds Let's like... me and the bathroom are best friends. <laughs> you, and, you and the bathroom are best friends. Okay. So, okay. so, so frequency. Right, frequency. So right. Um, not this is not a, by far any diagnosis, but I just uh, think about... Um, Pre and probiotics, mm-hmm. um, helping from foods, you know, from foods to help uh, manage that. But I think I would still want to know a little bit more in terms of diagnostic right. testing. Well, I, mean, um, I do know, like y'all said, whenever I eat any processed foods, it tends to be worse. Yeah. Right. You right. know, I, so I do try to eat more vegetables and stuff, but I am honest. I'm not going to give up meat completely. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. But I just, you know, things that may help avoid that issue quite as often because there are times that I can go several months and I feel fine. Mm-hmm. So so then the question is, are there some foods that are uh, triggers? And right. so um, I'm not sure if, if you've tried like an elimination diet, meaning, you know, you you start with a very basic eating plan and then you work your way up to adding foods back in. So the suspected triggers would be the ones that you remove Um and then you you add them back a little, a little at a time, one at a time, to see which particular foods um, are causing the, the sensitivity, the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the best ways to do that is to keep a food record and with symptoms. So, you, you know, you notice that um, frequency was more when you had a certain meal and then you kind of take apart the meal to figure out what part of the meal caused um, or could be the culprit for, for, for the issues, the stomach issues. Well, thank you very much. That is helpful. That's not something I've actually tried. I've just, you know, noticed, like you said, a lot of times when it's processed, we're in a hurry. I do tend to have more issues. (laughs) Right. Yep. Yep. And you can, if you've got, you know, internet, you can kind of Google elimination diet Mm -hmm. and it'll kind of point you to some of the 
the foods that we know trigger right. lots of different right. folks. And you can try kind of pulling some of those out and seeing how you do and then adding them back right. gradually. Right. Where I see people go wrong with an elimination diet is they eliminate everything, everything. and then they never add anything back. Right. And so they wind up eating, you know, three or four foods and that's it. Right. And that is not that enough to to give you the full range of, of macro and micronutrients that you exactly. need for health. Um, so you really got to focus on adding those things back in. Um, and really getting down right. to the culprit. You know, I mean, right. I worked with somebody the other day and it wound up being um, corn was what their their trigger was um, for for uh, different things. Mm-hmm. And so that we we found that out through an elimination right. diet. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for giving us a call today. Bye-bye. All right. Moving right on over to Stephanie. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. How are y'all doing? We're great. How are you? I'm doing good. I had a, um, a question. So my dad... Uh, had throat cancer about a year and a half ago on one side of his throat and then um they had surgery and he did radiation and everything was good and we just found out he's getting he now has cancer on the other side Mm -hmm. of his throat that he has to get that removed and one um thing that i had a question about um the doctors always told him to be drinking boost because that was the only he needed the protein and Mm -hmm. um the thing but y'all were saying to eliminate refined sugars and i was trying to make him like smoothies and all natural things but he keeps going back to these boosts and i was wondering your thoughts on that and if you had any other suggestions or if you think i mean i have a feeling boost has refined sugar in it but i wanted to just get y'all's thoughts yeah all right what do you got fiona So, well uh, products like boost and um ensure um they're certainly good for and and i understand the doc doctor's recommendations because uh, dietitians we do that as well recommend those types of health drinks when people are um, having surgery or uh, having some sort of treatment or some sort of illness where they'll need a lot more uh, than usual um, protein and calories and also the micronutrients and uh, a lot of times it's harder for for people um, in those cases to get it by just eating um, regular foods. You know, they just either they're tired or it hurts to chew and swallow or um, and so my thoughts about the boost, um, it certainly has its place. If you're able to replace the the calories and the protein um, that your father is needing with the the drinks um, and the and the foods that you're preparing naturally, I think that is a really good way to go. Um, so yes, if that's what you're doing and he's able to tolerate those foods, then I say go for it. Um, the thing about about his case is that he really needs calories and protein and concentrated sources. That's why uh, the boost okay. or, or some other, some other health drink is important that, that has above and beyond um, the, the calories and protein that would be in um, regular uh, drinks. So, um, my my recommendation would be to do some research and look at the ingredients for these health drinks. And if it's not boost, if you notice that there's some ingredients that are not um, healthy in boost, then just keep comparing products and, and find the best one because um, it will do him best for his survival and for his recovery if he gets the calories and protein in with a, a good health Held drink. Okay. All right. Do y'all, I don't know if you're able to recommend. Is there one that y'all are 
suggest another name of another company? <laughs> are y'all not allowed to do that? Um, <laughs> no, not not really. And you know, okay. there there's so just look at the ingredients. Yeah, look, look at the ingredients and, and remember on the ingredient label that ingredients are listed in descending order. Right. So whichever you know, whatever ingredient is first is the the biggest component right. of that. And so you can just compare different brands and look and see, you know how f- much farther down sugar is exactly. on, on the list exactly. um, and then see what, what the source of the sugar is. You know, if it's a half fructose corn syrup, right. then if there's one that's just a regular cane sugar, right. then I would, would pick the cane sugar right. over the half fructose right. corn syrup exactly. one. Um, those kinds of things. And then, you know, if he's doing those, you know, a smoothie that you make right. and those kinds of things, you know, think about maybe a plant-based protein powder right. or something like that right. that you can add in to bulk up the protein right. content Absolutely. of that in a more concentrated way than just adding yogurt or something exactly. like that to the smoothie. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. You're, You're very, 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 very welcome. Thank you for your call. And we hope he um, has a very um, good outcome. Absolutely. And, uh, a- Bet he does having a great daughter like you taking good care of him. Absolutely. All right, guys. Um, But I try to get him too. So yeah, yeah. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. It is. The only one in my family that's vegan. Yeah. (laughs) We wear them down though. We wear them down. I started as the only one too, and I'm I'm wearing them down, and they're they're coming on board (laughs) on the plant train. All right. Well, thank y'all so much. You're You're welcome, welcome. Stephanie. You have a great rest of your day. All right, and um, very quickly, we're going to go to the last caller we have on the line right now. Um, we've got Jeff and Jackson. Good morning, Jeff. No, this is Chef. Oh, Jeff. well, Chef, not Jeff. Well, yeah, hello, yeah, right. Chef. Okay, so listen, I just, I just, I heard you guys um, uh, earlier talking about processed food, mm-hmm. right? How how processed food is not a genuine, it's not real food, right? Because it's, it essentially changes the food. Is that mm-hmm. Correct? Mm-hmm. So, that's so, so that's true. When when you cook food, then then cooked food is processed food. It is yes. a form of processing, yes. and so so let me finish. So, oh. so so what happens, particularly when you cook food to to the point where it's browning, that's what's happening there is a a, a, a carbohydrate or a, a molecule. Binding to either a protein or a uh, a fat molecule, so you, you create either a, a glycolipid uh, or a glycoprotein, and so that process ends with the creation of advanced glycated end products mm-hmm. and or AGE. Mm-hmm. Another thing, our bodies have been responding to cooked food in the same way since it's been being started to consume cooked food, and that what happens is you have an exponential increase of, of leukocytes in your, in, your, in, your, in your plasma. So it, it, it creates a condition called leukocytosis. Leukocytes are cells from the immune system. So you were talking about that's, that's the inflammatory response, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so so what, what's happening there is that the body is responding to cooked food uh, 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 as if it is responding to an infection. And, and that the, the body has always responded to cooked food that way. The fact of the matter, human beings have probably only been eating cooked food for about 240,000 years because that's how far the archaeological evidence for heart of the controlled use of fire goes back. There are some other implications. You, you, earlier you were talking about, about cancer. But mm-hmm. on, on the surface of some cancer cells, you have a receptive, an AGE receptor, a receptor for uh, advanced glycated end products. And 
those are those are those are non-enzymatic. They aren't created naturally. So what happens is that those 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 molecules are, are signaling molecules. They change the way that cells uh, behave, so that a cell a a, 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 uh, a a cell from the immune system, which under normal circumstances would engulf and uh, 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 corral a, a cancer cell, now uh, uh, actually acts to protect that cancer cell. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill as many, right? And I'm gonna offer you some form of protection. So it actually changes how the cancer cell uh, 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 behaves. Very good, Jeff, and we'll actually continue our conversation about AGEs when we come back from the break. If you had a question or a comment, now's the time. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring We'll be back in just a few. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Dr. Fiona Lewis, and we've been talking about nutrition and cancer. We've got a lot of great callers, and one thing in particular we want to make sure we kind of wrap up is the notion of AGEs, which um, are often produced in the cooking process, especially when we use super high heats or right. we use um, grilling um, right. also can, can produce those, and we do know that they cause inflammation they they can potentiate inflammation um, which can have a, a host of other issues so that's um, one reason when we look at the anti-inflammatory right. diet right. a lot of the foods are lower on the the cooked scale right. a lot of right. fresh things right. um, but to kind of round that out in the notion of processed foods there is food <clears throat> excuse me food processing that um it's beneficial. It's beneficial, right? And then there's what we call ultra-processed right. foods. And so when we really talk, are talking about processed foods that are doing um, damage, we're leaning more towards those um, super-processed or ultra-processed right. foods um, that are coming in packages with lots right. of added chemicals and things um, like that. And you cannot... Um, trace it back to what the original, original exactly. product was supposed to look like. That right. really is the take-home message. If it's it was supposed to be a beet chip or a beet whatever, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't look like a beet right. at, at all, you at can't all. recognize right. it, then that's right. really a good sense, even right. if you didn't read the ingredients. Right. Right. Right? All right. Let's um, quickly go to um, Patrick in Ridgeland. Good morning, Patrick. Hi. Uh, so my name's Patrick. I, I'm the manager over at the Rainbow Co-op. We're in Ridgeland now. Yeah. And uh, I've been seeing a, a lot of people coming into our store. They buy capsules and things for turmeric, mm-hmm. ginger, garlic, all of these things we've been talking about. Y'all been talking about on the store, uh, on the on the show. And it seems to me that one thing we always try to tell people to do is, you know, get that in your food. Get those right. spices yeah. in your yes. food. It tastes 
good. It, you get what you need out of it. And a lot of these people that are trying to eat healthier, eat vegetarian, eat lentils, you need those spices. Mm, it right, makes absolutely. everything work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, why why buy a bunch of capsules and stuff when you can make yourself a curry? I mean, that those four things I listed right there. We love there. you. Oh, we do. Fun. We love you, Patrick, because we feel the exact same way when folks ask me about supplements and those different types of things. I say, well, let's see what we can get from food first and right. then see if we need any supplement, um, you know, from an absorption issue, if we've right. got something going on yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But turmeric is one of my absolute right. favorite um, spices and fits nicely with what we're talking about right now in terms of inflammation, right, Fiona? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, the the, the bottom line is all the studies that compare when you use uh, the pills and concentrated forms of any beneficial nutrient, especially like the curcumin mm-hmm. that's in the turmeric and, and, and the curry and so on, um, they found that e- either it's harmful because it's those uh, chemi- those good chemicals are in excess right. or there's no effect at all. But when they look at the studies where, um, you know, you use spices and herbs and you get all those good flavors with the beneficial chemicals, it works. Mm-hmm. So the take-home message is yes. Cook your food, use your spices, use your herbs. And when you saute uh, that, that turmeric and ginger and cayenne and there butter and oil, I mean, it's just a completely different flavor than adding right. a little bit of powder at the end. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So we're with you there, Patrick. Yes, we are. Thank you so much for giving us a call today. Thank you. All right. Um, so you know, turmeric is one of my favorites, and my little tip for that is adding in a little pinch of um, black pepper as well because mm-hmm. it will help with the kind of absorption of the turmeric right, there. Right. Um, and my favorite way to enjoy turmeric, because I'm not a curry person, uh, I know, Ooh. I know, but my favorite way um, is golden milk. Mm. So um, I, you know, I choose a plant-based milk. Right. So I almond milk, soy milk, coconut milk, something like that, and add in a little bit of maple syrup because I like it a little bit sweet, and uh, turmeric, a little pinch of black pepper, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of ginger, and like heat it up on the stove, and then I have one of those little little frother things, you know, the (laughs) juice. so fancy. I know. My kids got it for me. So I can make my fancy coffee on the weekends. That's what we call it on the weekends. Um, And then have a little golden milk latte there, and that really, when I feel like I'm getting a cold or getting Mm -hmm. under the weather i don't know if it's the heat from that i don't know if it's the spices probably the combination of the two but it really just tends to open up my sinuses and i just feel better maybe placebo but you know what it's not hurting Mm -hmm. a doggone thing there absolutely and turmeric you can actually add it in dishes that you can hide because there's no uh there's no strong flavor to turmeric even if i'm making like some black beans or some other kind of food where i just drop a half a teaspoon or mm-hmm. so of turmeric in there. I don't really taste it and it's in there and I get the health benefits yeah. of it. And I put it in my tofu scramble because exactly. if you, if you um, crunch up tofu and put it in a pan and saute it, it looks like scrambled eggs. And right. if you add turmeric to it, it really looks like scrambled eggs because yes, it it's does. yellow and it my does. husband didn't even know. Don't <laughs> tell him <laughs> i love it i love it you're sneaky i am sneaky because you can use a little bit of black salt as well and it's right. got that sulfury taste like right. eggs have in there it so there you go that's a way to sneak some of that in on your uh, significant other if you're trying to get them to eat more plants um which very briefly let's just mention that that's a soy product right, right? and soy gets a bad rap yes. but the cultures around the world that eat 
more soy-based yes. products actually have lower rates of cancer of cancers, right? Right. So it's just you know thinking about where you get those soy products from, right. um, choosing good quality right. ones, and in moderation like everything Absolutely. else. Absolutely, yeah. and and not using the isolated forms of the isoflavones, right? And the pills, right? Don't do that. That's just not eat right. Edamame, your tofu, your tempeh, uh, your soy milk. Yeah, and one to two servings a day is good. Um, and and everybody can actually consume one to two servings without being overwhelmed. So yeah. if you hear anything negative about soy, um, it's not true. <laughs> it's, it's right. It's not true. It's right. Um, it, you know, and it's just as we've learned more from science, we, right. we, we have, we get, it got a bad rap. Us. It got a bad rap there. So it actually can be added again. And actually on the USDA Choose My Plate, the only um, alternative milk option that counts right. as a dairy serving right. is a soy-based soy alternative. So if you've got a dairy allergy, that soy counts there. Right. All right. As always, this hour flew by when yes, we we're talking did. food and nutrition. Um, but, you know, we like to have you back to continue this conversation right. about how to eat better for your overall health. Thanks to our callers and our listeners, as well as our amazing producer, Kevin, for another great show. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. 